Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This is a chance for local people or people with a local connection to sit down and talk about what is going on with them in the Fishers community. This is a part of my local Fishers Indiana News blog that began in January of 2012. I started these podcasts in 2016 and have been going ever since. Now, here's the latest edition of the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm at Fisher City Hall with Mayor Scott Fatness and Ashley Elrod, the Director of Public Relations for the City of Fishers. And uh, Mayor, we will not be talking about uh, topical issues. Usually I'm talking about the latest news in this podcast. We're going to set that aside for at least one podcast because we're here to talk about a birthday party, and uh, the birthday party is for Fishers as an area, not a city necessarily, but certainly as a settled uh, area of Indiana. It's the 150th birthday, also called the sesquicentennial. So uh, I'll ask you to start, Mayor. What kind of uh, birthday party do we plan here? Well, for 150 years, it's going to be uh, a unique birthday party, as you can imagine. Uh, our real focus is going to be elevating the voices that have called Fisher's home for, for many, many years. Uh, you know, as so many of us are new to this community, uh, they don't have a framework or a perspective for where we came from. And I think we have a wealth of knowledge and um and historical perspective that will still call Fisher's home. So over the next several months, I think you're going to hear from a lot of those folks. And you're going to hear a lot of anecdotal stories about who we were as a community and who we are today. So, uh, Ashley, Elrod, let me ask you this. Uh, with a birthday party, you have to plan that a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the city planning right now as far as our birthday party? Yeah, uh, we're planning a year-long celebration. So uh, we you know, kind of started it with Spark Fishers. We just finished celebrating Spark Fishers, our, our annual event that really brings the community together. But we're planning on a, a lot of fun programs and activities for the whole community to get to know Fishers and Fishers history. And so whether it's um, more podcasts like this that are featuring those voices that Mayor Fadden has shared, or, um, you know, we're planning uh, what's called a sesquicentennial trail, which is uh, a passport um, of sorts that individuals can take uh, around the community to certain stops that are culturally and historically significant here in Fishers and um, make their way through the community and uh, earn some prizes along the way all the way to you know just um, you know some pop-up celebration events um, featuring you know at the farmers market celebrating fishers and uh, taking advantage of uh, existing events throughout the year. And if you go back to the history of Fishers, you know, Mayor, I get a question often, and when I talk to people around town, especially people new to Fishers, but even some that are not, how did the name Fishers come about? And you have to go back to a person by the name of Salathiel Fisher, and Salathiel Fisher actually did the platting for for the what we now know as the, the Fishers area. It was originally called Fishers Switch with an apostrophe S. The post office thought that was a little too many yeah. uh, numerals or whatever and took the uh, apostrophe off. And then the switch wasn't dropped till 1908. So we do have an interesting history going all the way back to the days of uh, 
salathiel fisher yeah you know a lot of communities are identified for a geographical thing you know they're you know near water or what have you near a particular um land mass that makes sense to call it something but uh we're we're named after a man uh that's kind of interesting and uh you know it, it the man's name was fisher it was not yeah. fishers it was really this um moving from fisher switch to apostrophe gone then the switch uh, left uh, um, Ashley in 1908, mm-hmm. so we've only been a town since 1908. We've been a place since 1872. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that kind of provides us a couple of opportunities to celebrate Fisher's different milestones and, and chapters. And but you know, without Salathiel and uh, and his family and legacy, we wouldn't be Fishers right now. It was now. really interesting, Larry, when we were looking at the Nickel Plate Trail and uh, looking at the railroad. We actually uh, we're researching pretty frantically, and uh, we were reading the handwritten deeds uh, going, dating back to Salathiel Fisher and understanding. And really, it all kind of originates in this nickel plate area, almost really where the nickel plate restaurant is, is kind of the, the home base for a lot of the orig- origins of Fisher's. And just since you mentioned that, uh, the fact is, you I know at the time, uh, when all of the uh, uh, development was was being planned in that area, you wanted to save that restaurant building, and yes. you had told me that several times. Yeah. And then you later told me that, and it became public later that uh, you were unsure that that building had enough integrity left. Right. And, and uh, once you got into it, realized what what shape it was in, it just wasn't. And it's a, a savable. It's so fascinating too because. I'll hear from people that uh, were passionate about keeping the Nickel Plate Restaurant as if the Nickel Plate Restaurant was a historical factor in our community. But then when you start to talk to the people who actually lived here for a long time, that only came into fruition in the later years. I mean, before that, it had a variety of different names, different bars, different. I mean, it it wasn't like the Nickel Plate Restaurant had been open since Salathiel Fisher first came here. Uh, And so, again, hearing these voices from people that are like, well, wait a second. I mean, in the 80s, it was X. In the 90s, mm-hmm. it was Y. It's just really interesting to hear those perspectives. You know, we be- actually became a town in a- 1891. We were sort of a place in 1872, a town in 1891, then a-, a city, of course, in 2015. So the actual incorporation by the state didn't come until later. But, you know, Mayor, the uh, s- place called Fishers, town or before, had a reputation for being a pretty rough-and-tumble place. I remember going back uh, with some other historians locally, and and there was a pretty serious fight at one of the bars that ended up in the New York Times. People died, so uh, we it was a much different place uh, several decades ago. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, and it, even into the early 1900s, mid 1900s, we were still very much a blue collar town. I mean, I and again, I think when you hear these voices from the past that talk about all these stories, you're going to find that it reflects more upon rural America and kind of the crossroads of an interstate than it does uh, a fluent suburb for the majority of the lifespan of Fishers has not been what most people see today. I mean, that's been the last couple of decades. And, you know, um, Ashley, I, I, I know people you, you ask about the, the origin of the town Fisher's name or city Fisher's name today, but yet I also hear about Mudsock. <laughs> you know, Mudsock is what we call the uh, any of the uh, athletic or even uh, academic contest between Fisher's and HSC High School, our two high schools, and also it's the name of our local youth athletic uh, nonprofit. 
And the word mudsock really comes to the and back to the days when this was all a swamp. It really was. And thanks to modern technology and uh, stormwater infrastructure, we're in a much better spot than we were back then. <laughs> but yeah, mud, the term mudsock was really coined from uh, folks who would ride their horses into town and their horses would literally get stuck in the mud. And once they would come out, they would look like they had mud socks on. And so uh, that is our that is our nickname uh, as Fisherzites, I guess. But uh, <laughs> what was that, Fisherzites? Fisherzites. Uh, yes, I just uh, Fisherites. I just maybe? Fisher. Yeah. We, we yeah. have we Gotta have a new phrase that's just been coined that's here right. on this podcast. That's, right. yes, that's great. We'll, we'll noodle on that one a little bit more. <laughs> uh, Mayor, uh, I think if you look at a person. Uh, other than Salethiel Fisher, that is really tied to this area. It would have to be William Connor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Connor Prairie is named after him. He's really the man that uh, developed the first trading post. He, he's, he was the person who began the commercial development. Uh, I know you've probably heard a lot about William Connor. What do you know about him? Well, he's an entrepreneur, first and foremost, which I think is funny how that carries on to today's traditions here in Fishers. But uh, an extraordinary entrepreneur, uh, had an eclectic uh, passion for a variety of things. And the fact that we get to celebrate that and have that asset here in our community is really pretty extraordinary. But I, it is interesting to me that one of the legendary entrepreneurs of Indiana is one of the foundational um, components of a city today that claims itself to be an entrepreneurial city. And uh, one, uh, David Highway is a local yeah. uh, historian mm -hmm. that's well-known of Hamilton County. And I asked him one time when I had him on a podcast, I said, if the early settlers of Fishers could look at Fishers today, what would they think of it? And immediately he said, oh, William Connor would love this. <laughs> he was into commercial development. If there was a modern William Connor, yeah. he would absolutely love today's Fishers, something you would like to hear. Yeah, so, I mean, I just find that it's interesting to see some of that DNA continue forward into who we are to date. Well, and kind of building on that, you know, Colonel Eli Lilly uh, sought refuge at William Connor's estate uh, in the later years, um, you know, per having purchased that property. And uh, same concept, you know, an entrepreneur that really, you know, solidified his business and, you know, it continues to impact the region today. Um, and, you know, we're also fortunate that at Connor Prairie as a living history museum, Smithsonian affiliate at that, um, that they also uh, celebrate the Lenape tribe that, you know, were some of were the original um, uh, settlers here as well. And so, uh, you know, we'll get to hear from one of the descendants from the original Lenape tribe uh, throughout this year as well. And, uh, you know, they definitely have some great, uh, great history and stories from that. Well, you just took my next question, oh, which sorry. is about the Native American history. And and the Native American history here is very interesting because uh, Salathiel Fisher uh, took the land. I don't know if we – I guess he bought it or <laughs> there was a treaty. That's mm -hmm. a little fuzzy yeah. I think, yeah. as to how that <laughs> happened. But he, the, the Indians were here, the American Indians and Native Americans, if you will, they lived on this land for uh, centuries as far mm -hmm. as we know. And William Connor, was his wife not a, a yes. Native American? So yes. that, that had an impact on, on this area as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. And so, you know, I think uh, honoring and recognizing that history and uh, 
and through the Lenape tribe and the, their relationship with William Connor, you know, provided him uh, that entrepreneurial opportunity. And so, um, you, you know, that is part of our history. It's we're in a, it's important that we do celebrate it and recognize it. And uh, you know, just just as we would any other uh, chapter in in Fishers. Yeah, and, I, and I, I'm glad to see that. In fact, I, th- I think we're going to try in our series of podcasts mm-hmm. to bring that up, yes. bring some people who know something about that history. Uh, just so you know, uh, uh, I'm working with the city to uh, try to do a, a series of podcasts uh, for my podcast series, and also as kind of an historical, uh, uh, how should I put it, uh, history that can we, we can keep and, and, and people can hear mm-hmm. later on about the history of Fishers. And I, I'm, I'm happy to do that. And, I, and other people, I know Tom Britt at uh, Fisher magazine is working with you as well yes by the way let me ask either one of you wants to answer this you're looking for the oldest person in fishers yes. how, how, how are you coming along with that we have made progress what um, age are we up to can you tell we're me? at 96 okay and um and so we're working with their family right now uh you know when when you start working with individuals at that age uh there are a lot of uh a lot of things at play so we're wanting to make sure of course, we want to hear their story, and um, it, and it's an incredible story. Um, but we want also want to make sure that they're in in good condition and <laughs> are protected too. You know, Mayor, my grand I had a grandmother that lived to be ninety nine, mm. and my mom is still alive at age ninety two and in pretty good health. Mm. I'm very thankful for. But the history people can tell you at that age, it's mm. amazing. Well, at some point, given those genes, someone will probably be interviewing you when you're 97, (laughs) asking you about the the history of fishers at this time and age. Well, yeah, I mean, that's uh, maybe going back to 91, who knows. Mm -hmm. But I I want to explore a little bit about some of the people that that, uh, you know that know about the the history of fishers going back a few decades, not necessarily to the – I was going pretty far back there, but not as as far back as that. I can remember – I think you were still town manager at the time I started covering uh, the town of Fishers, and it was uh, Scott Fault was talking. He started just rattling off names of people yes. <laughs> who knew the history of Fishers, could tell you how Oleo Road got its name, yes. and, and just uh, on and on about those things. And, and, and those people are not available forever. No, it's a great opportunity uh, to talk to folks that really saw both sides of Fishers. Um, the Fishers that 90% of people who live here today have experienced has only been this way for really probably 15% of the life of fishers. And so we have this unique opportunity right now to hold up the voices of individuals who knew fishers as it was really for, for hundreds of years. And then now have seen it in the last few decades. And um, I think that's a really unique opportunity for us because I know a lot of those folks, and I've sat down with them, and I've always enjoyed the conversations about what it was like to graduate from this school here at HSE when it's just a little farm town. Um, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy hearing those perspectives and to bear witness to the amount of change that these folks have seen and still have decided to call Fisher's home. 
one of the greatest historians, and I've talked to many. Laurie Reynolds is one, but George Cale's another. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, he knows George, where all the bodies are buried. He does know <laughs> them. But he won't tell you where they're all, no, they're all at, right. but he'll, he'll, he knows where, they're, where they are. And he will tell you, okay, when this happened, then I knew we were growing. Or if this happened, uh, we, we uh, what was it? I think he talked about putting a sewer line under the interstate. Yes. I knew things were mm. going to take off at that point. And uh, and he was somebody who saw the old fishers from the '60s, I think, yep. all the way because he didn't retire that many years ago. No. So he he helped build a begin the building of the police department. He still works here. He and works he's, for the city, and he still works for the city. Got right. an award a while yeah. back for his service with the city. Uh, he, I'm, I'm trying to remember. He works in the, the Department of Public Works. That's right, DPW. And he's he he he. I, t- I asked Jennifer. I don't see him as much. I talked to his wife Jennifer, and she says he really enjoys the job. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought he was going to retire. And he no, when I, when I, he talked to me like he was going to retire and go back home and do what? No, nah, he he went back to work. But, but yeah, he's, he's but he one does of those. know. The, but he knows the history here, and uh, you know that. I think we have to capture that. How important it is to capture that, Ashley. We have these people; they're still here. They still have this knowledge. They still have these memories. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's very important to capture that while we can because it's a very okay. it's a very clear delineation uh, about you know 1990s and on is a very different Fishers. It's a very different reality, and we've all lived that. And there'll be people that want to capture that at some point, but we have a fleeting moment to capture those individuals that knew Fishers when it was something very different than what it is today. And so that's the exciting part about holding up these voices is, uh, you know, that, that opportunity isn't always going to be there. Yeah. I think it's incredibly important. I think, um, you know, when at the point where we realized that this, you know, big celebration, this, uh, sesquicentennial was coming up on us, you know, there are, there is a very small population that can say they they grew up and still live in Fishers, and uh, because we do have a lot of new residents, and so when you don't have a lot of generational families that live in your community, you start to lose that history, that knowledge, so that you do know when you pass Kincaid Drive that that's attached to a family, or why Olio Road is um, named Olio Road, and and I think that. You know, knowing the history of the community in which you live is really important to being connected to that community. And um, and I think that using these voices to tell that stories are so incredible. They're funny because it's just, you know, old town, uh, old farm town stories. They're uh, they're fascinating. And I think it's important that we pay homage to those people that those founding families that have really created Fishers um, and created that foundation for what Fishers is today. And, uh, you know, whether it's through these podcasts uh, or Tom Britt from Fisher's Magazine is heading up a time capsule project um, or, you know, just sharing these stories, you know, uh, you know, with neighbors is uh, incredibly important. And I think a really interesting and exciting opportunity for us. You know, Mayor, I think the you, you can't leave out the school system. You've mm-hmm. sort of talked about that before, the history of, of, of some of the high schools and so forth, the Fisher's High School. HSE when it was crew, which was a rural high school, mm-hmm. even though it was a consolidation with three townships. These were all very rural townships at the time. Uh, that is an important part of our history because I remember when my 
daughters were in school, uh, the school system locally was taking on a thousand new students a year. Yeah. How in the world they managed that and remained to keep their academics as high as they have been. So, to what extent do you want to highlight that history? The school system has been a very important component of, of Fishers. Well, yeah, I think it's critically important. Uh, their trajectory is equivalent to anything that's happened in the city. So I think it is important to talk about some of the decisions that they had to make and what what define what are the defining chapters of our school system. To your point, you know, people today I, I find it interesting when we talk about zoning issues or growth matters in the city. They're like, our schools are overcrowded. We're building way too fast. To your point, if if you had historical perspective, you would understand that we're really, I mean, basically at a maintenance level from a population size in our school system. But if you go back to when your kids, Larry, were coming into school, we were building an elementary school every year and opening it. I mean, the level of residential growth in the 90s and early 2000s, in my 15 years with the city, we have never come close to eclipsing that level of growth. But I think, again, as people don't have historical perspective, they see a new tall building in downtown and they're like, oh, we're growing so fast. When in reality, if you go back to 2002, 2003, we were, I mean, 16, 1,700 new homes a year. And every one of those homes were built primarily for families. Mm -hmm. So you were bringing on 1,000 new families a year into our community. At, and it would just go one after another. I mean, I remember if you talk to Eric Pethel, who's been here, you know, 30 years in our organization, when he was doing inspections, he was talking about in those early 2000s having 17 subdivisions all being built at the same time. I mean, so well, I was I, here. I saw I, a lot of that. Yeah, that so I, I wasn't interested. I'm intricately yeah. involved, but I certainly right. saw it happening. But those perspectives but, are so important because yeah. if you don't understand where we've been and you look at things in a vacuum, you don't really have a full understanding of things. And if you look at the latest demographic study that was done for the school corporation, uh, they see a leveling off of the whole school district, mm -hmm. but. The school buildings are not necessarily where they need to be because there is growth it's in been, another uh, part of town. It's been the same story for yeah. 30 years. Yeah. You know, we grow, we grow west to east. So the schools in the far east tend to have more crowding than the ones on the west. And that has been, for 15 years, I've had the same conversation over and over and over again. And people, because what they see is what they know. So if they if they live in the if they bought a home and they're in the eastern part of the community and they see trailers going up on a brand new school, it must mean that our schools collectively are just spilling out everywhere. When in reality it's hey look, all these new subdivisions have been built and they're family oriented in that area. You're going to have a bunch of young families all coming at one time. You know, actually I remember talking to a school board member off the record and, and, and he was telling me a former school board member, but when he ran for school board, his idea was these people aren't planning. Look at this. We've got all this. There's just no planning being done. Then he got on the school board and said, whoa, there's a lot of planning yeah. going on. I just yeah. had no idea. It was just that the, the growth was so fast, it was impossible to keep up with it. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. And and to Mayor Fadness's point about keeping up on academics and, mm -hmm. and sports, and you know, sports has also played a a central role into the uh, kind of culture and social aspect of Fishers. And so, you know, on top of just acknowledging and, and, uh, and sharing the history of the, 
of the school system's growth, um, you know, there are a lot of things to celebrate and kind of remind people of what the schools have accomplished. And so whether it's, you know, really lifting up those, the mud sock uh, competitions and uh, taking a look at that, we're working with the school system right now to, um, you know, elevate those celebrations call back our alumni, um, you know, have have some great uh, alum celebrations to continue to foster that civic pride around this historical year. And, uh, and, and so I think that there's a good opportunity there. In addition to just academically, you know, providing curriculum for, uh, for teachers to be able to pull about Fisher's history. Well, I will wrap it up this way. Um, since we are now heading into this sesquicentennial celebration, I'll ask Ashley to start and have the mayor chime in. Uh, how can local Fishers residents be a part of this sesquicentennial? There's going to be so many ways that residents can participate, whether it's um, providing uh, items and stories uh, to the time capsule, um, providing photos. We are, I, I neglected to mention that we are partnering with a local firm, uh, Memory Ventures, to provide free uh, digital archiving services to Fishers residents who have any type of media, whether it's uh, slides, photos, videos, um, they are coming on board to partner with us to uh, make sure that we do have those those uh, mementos recorded in history. And so more information can be found on our uh, our website, thisisfishers.com. Um, if you search there, we'll have a landing page where you can learn more. Uh, but there's going to be plenty of opportunities throughout the year to, to really celebrate and uh, connect in with Fishers. So, Mayor, uh, getting people involved, just a final comment about Susquehanna. Yeah, I would probably ask for an uncommitted conventional um, way to get involved in that is to just take a few minutes and listen to these voices so I you know it's great if people want to volunteer or get get engaged or go experience things but honestly I hope they take a few minutes just to hear from people who have uh, a broader and longer perspective of what Fishers has been and continues to be. So I would tell you to be on the lookout for your podcast. It's not a plug just for you, Larry, but uh, <laughs> well, thank po- you. podcasts reg- regarding this and, and the stories. I think it's gonna, those are going to be more powerful probably than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to working with Ashley and her staff and the mayor and everyone else uh, in trying to capture these stories and, and voices. I'm very excited to be a part of that. So Scott Vannis, Mayor of Fishers, and Ashley Elrod, Director of Public Relations for the city, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you Larry. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you like the podcast, please let others know. You can find it on most platforms where you go for podcasts. Just search using this phrase, Podcasts by Larry Lannan, L-A-N-N-A-N. Also, if you listen on a platform such as iTunes, please take a moment, rate, and comment on my podcast series. So thanks for listening, and please be safe and be kind. Music